You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, part of the 90 Min Football Network, brought to you by our friends over at Pro Prep. Uh, action-packed episode to get out for you today. We're going to start off by discussing Thomas Partey. We're going to be looking at his form at present. We're going to be looking at maybe what's going wrong with the Ghanaian, why we're not seeing the best of him at this moment in time. So we'll get into Thomas Partey in detail in a few moments time. We're also going to be revealing the winners of our giveaway. Now, what I have decided to do is because so many of you have entered, because so many of you have shown your support uh, to the podcast in recent times, instead of giving away the two shirts that I said I was going to give away, I'm going to give away three. I'm going to throw an extra shirt in there uh, just to say thank you to everybody who has uh, really kind of uh, helped kind of grow the podcast, who supported the podcast. I've had some wonderful messages uh, during this kind of giveaway competition from people sort of talking about how much they value it, how much they enjoy it, how much it is a part of their daily routine. And I'm honestly so grateful for that because to be able to do what you love doing for a living is something that not everybody gets to experience. And I know that I'm extremely lucky to be doing that at this moment in time. Will it last forever? Maybe not. You know, I don't know that. Um, but I'm enjoying the ride at the moment. And the ride is only possible because of you guys and your support. So I've decided instead of giving two shirts away, I'm going to give away three. Now, we have already randomly picked out the winners. I'm going to reveal them a little bit later on in the show. I wanted to try and do it live on the stream, uh, but I ran into some technical difficulties doing it. So what I did was uh, put the, um, the names uh, onto a spreadsheet. Um, I held the button down, the down button. So it was running through and going up and down uh, until my son said stop. And wherever he said stop, that's where I stopped on. And those are the winners. So uh, if you're unhappy with the result, you'll have to blame him. But there we go. Anyway, let's uh, let's get into it. Let's say a few hellos, actually, before we start talking Thomas Partey. I am conscious that a lot of you probably want to go off and watch uh, Chelsea versus West Ham, which kicks off in a little bit. Uh, so I'll try and get this all wrapped up by then. But uh, before we start talking about Arsenal's Ghanaian midfielder, I want to say hello to Ray, to Mint, to uh, Omar, to Riddy, to Steve, to Bonster, to Triggy, and everybody else who's joining us live at the moment. I hope you're all well and uh, thank you for your support as always. But let's um, let's discuss the, the key topic in today's podcast, and that is Thomas Partey. Now, I said to you guys yesterday when I watched the game, um, when I watched the game back, that I'd kind of looked at Thomas Partey and and been pretty disappointed with what I've seen from him. But a lot of the issues that I'm seeing with Thomas Partey were not exclusive to the game against Manchester United on Thursday. I think Thomas Partey has been struggling for a while. I'll go as far as saying that Thomas Partey has only a handful of times shown himself to be the player that we thought we were getting when we signed him for £45 million uh, the summer before last. Now, is it all Thomas Partey's fault? I'm not sure that it is. You know, I think there is 
a number of factors that are contributing to Thomas Partey just not being at it at the moment. I think fitness is one of them, but I'm getting a little bit tired of using that excuse week after week after week. I think there's a problem in terms of inconsistency with regards to who he's playing alongside. You know, I think that, you know, one week he's playing with Xhaka, the next week he's playing with uh, with Lokonga, the next week he's playing with Maitland-Niles, Thursday he's playing with Elneny. I don't think that helps. I think that makes it difficult to establish and build relationships. And ultimately, in the centre of midfield, in the centre of the defence, a lot of it is about partnerships. A lot of it is about cohesion. A lot of it is about having the right balance. And I don't always think we found that. And that, of course, is not Thomas Partey's fault. So, you know, I, I want to take that into consideration. I'm going to say it, and a lot of people ain't going to like it. Is he missing Granit Xhaka? I'd say so. I think his best games in an Arsenal shirt, Thomas Partey's, that is, have come with Granit Xhaka alongside him. Not because Granit Xhaka's an amazing midfielder, but because of the things he does, because of the attributes he has, and because of what he brings to the table. It almost takes the shackles off of Thomas Partey. I feel like Thomas Partey has been shackled in a way by the fact that he's having to play alongside a Lokonga or an Elneny or a Maitland-Niles. And I really do think that, um, you know, that, that is one of the factors as well that we really need to look into. I think he's got to be braver. I think that for me, you know, I talked a lot about how Arsenal wouldn't get bodies into the box on Thursday, how we were kind of reluctant to do that. And when you think about it and you kind of come away from the game, you you start to realise and remember that this is a problem we've had time and time again. I mean, you looked at Fred's involvement, for example, in all of Manchester United's goals the other day. He is a DM too. He is somebody who's sitting as the deepest lying player in the midfield, or at least one of them, but still has that freedom or that willingness, depending on what way you look at it, to break into the box and try and make things happen. And I just want to bring to you guys' attention a tweet that I put out yesterday. And I probably should have touched on this on the tactical analysis, but don't ask me why, but I didn't really pick this up the first time around. And, and when I was sitting on the sofa in the afternoon, having a, a cup of coffee and, and I put the height, well, I didn't put the highlights on. I was scrolling through YouTube on my TV and the highlights popped up again. And, and I was sitting there with, um, with somebody who hadn't seen the game the night before and they go, oh, chuck the highlights on, let's have a look. And it only really occurred to me then, and I'm a little bit disappointed I didn't pick this particular bit up in the tactical analysis, but I was so focused on Arsenal that I wasn't really looking at Manchester United. But, I mean, I'm going to show you guys some images. You know, I talk about there being a lack of bravery with this Arsenal side. And it's not just about, um, you know, being braver when in possession, i.e. when you've got the ball at your feet, whether that be dribbling past someone, taking a shot, looking to play that creative pass. It's about the runs you make as well. And I've just touched on the fact that I don't think Thomas Partey or whoever's playing alongside him for that matter gets into or around the penalty area enough. And I think this is a, a classic example of how it probably should be done. Now, I'm not saying Manchester United were perfect. Manchester United are far from it. They've got a lot of issues, a lot of problems. Um, and I don't even particularly rate this player that I'm about to talk about. But Fred, here you'll see in this image, OK, so this is for the first Manchester United goal. You can see that Arsenal are in their defensive shape, OK? The right back has gone out to the right. 
Ben White is on the edge of the six-yard box. Gabriel is also on the edge of the six-yard box. Tavares is to the left of the centre-backs, as he should be. Elneny's worked back. Partey's worked back. Even Emil Smith-Rowe is inside Arsenal's penalty area. They're defending Martin Odegaard just on the, the outside. Martinelli, too. He's made the effort to get back. So how do you break a defence like that down? Well, the only way, really, is to be brave in your runs and to send people into the penalty area that are going to occupy some of those defenders. If all those defenders are standing around and have the freedom of the penalty area, the likelihood is they're going to deal with the situation. But by the likes of Fred making a run, who I've circled here on this image, into the penalty area, he's now caused Arsenal something else to think about. And you can see there are three Arsenal players around him whose immediate concern is shit. Like we've marked Bruno, we've marked Ronaldo, but now we've got Fred coming in here as well. And that's another problem and another issue we've got to deal with. So Fred, he went on to then play that ball to Bruno Fernandes, who scored, but he plays a huge part by making that run from a deep midfield position, taking a gamble and getting in the box and creating that overload. You move on to the second goal. And again, the ball doesn't even come as far as Fred. It's scored by Cristiano Ronaldo. But you can see that Fred has busted a gut to get up the pitch and get into the penalty area while Manchester United are breaking. And again, you know, you can see it. You've got that trio, Rashford on the right, Ronaldo in the middle. You've got Sancho from the left. Bruno Fernandes, who's playing in a kind of number 10 role, is always going to be there or thereabouts. But they've also gambled that extra midfielder in Fred and got him into the box. And if you look at the third goal, which obviously came from the penalty, guess who it was bursting into Arsenal's penalty area? Again, making up the extra body and being the extra man. It's Fred. And, and this is the point I'm trying to make. When I talk about Arsenal and a lack of bravery, you know, a lot of that is, is down maybe to instruction from the manager. But there's got to be a willingness from the player themselves to make that run into the box and try and make it happen. Look, Fred is, is is ridiculed quite a bit. You know, a lot of people take the piss out of the whole McTominay-Fred partnership and have a bit of a laugh and a joke about it. But for me, it's that kind of movement and bravery to get into the box is, is something that Arsenal are so desperately missing. We really, really are. You know, it's, it's something that we need to be doing, but we're not doing. And I expected Thomas Partey to be the guy that does that, especially when you're playing alongside a Mohamed Elneny, who we know is a little bit more defensive, a little bit more reserved, and is quite limited in terms of his technical ability. Therefore, naturally, you expect him to sit off and give Partey that freedom. What I found really weird as well was, you know, when Partey plays alongside Jacker, he does get a bit more freedom and he does get that license to kind of roam further forward. And that's where I think he's more effective. I like Partey to be box to box. I want to see him work back and win balls on the edge of our penalty area, intercept passes. But I also want to see him get forward and be involved in the play as well. And I always think with Granit Xhaka alongside him, he has that platform, that safety net in which he can look and go, yep, it's Granit. He's a senior player. I trust him off on my bike I get and off I go. I thought with Elneny next to him, who... I don't think he's as good as Granite Xhaka, but is of a similar ilk in terms of the positions he takes up, the fact that it's safety first a lot of the time. I think that that was an opportunity for him to be a little bit more advanced, a little bit more expressive. Then we go back circle again. Is it due to his fitness? Well, the fitness thing doesn't wash with me anymore. You know how if you're fit to play, you're fit enough to be expected to perform. And so are we missing something is 
Is he playing through pain? Is he playing when he's not necessarily 100% just to keep Mikel Arteta happy and, and to keep things ticking over? I really don't know. But when we're talking about Thomas Partey, we, we so often use that as an excuse and we so often go back to the, oh, he's not fit thing. Being able to play passes, I don't think is, all right, there is some correlation, but I don't think it's directly relatable to uh, your fitness. I think if you're, 80% fit, you should still be able to play a basic pass. I think if, um, you know, if you're 80% fit, you should still be able to make the right decisions. And I don't think Thomas Partey's doing any of those things at the moment. More often than not, he's sloppy in possession. He's not making the right decisions in the middle of the park with regards to sometimes whether to take an extra touch, whether to let the ball run across his body, whether to turn. I don't think he's reading danger well enough. I also don't think he's joining in the play in an attacking sense. And we just seem to have this Thomas Partey right now that is a shadow of the player that we signed and a player that we thought we signed. And there have been glimpses of Thomas Partey's brilliance since he joined the club. There have been moments where I've looked at him and gone, whoa, this was one hell of a signing. This guy is a transformative midfielder who's come in. And when he is at his best, there are very few better. But those performances in those games are, are too few and far between. And you know, I'm not sitting here with the intention of slagging off Thomas Partey and calling him every name under the sun and telling you that he should be dropped from the side. I still think he's a lot better than the other options that Mikel has available. But I am at this point now where I'm starting to get a bit worried um, about, about whether Thomas Partey is ever going to be able to perform at the level that we need him to consistently. I think, look, I talked about the, the inconsistency around partners, you know, and... I think that's played a big part. And a lot of the time it's been partners who we all know are not good enough and we know are going to need to be carried to a degree. Sometimes it's inexperienced partners. And again, there's an element of responsibility on Thomas Partey to carry those players through the game. And I think all of that takes its toll. Of course it does. I, I, it'd be unfair and foolish of me to kind of dismiss all of that. And then there's the bit about instruction. And I, I showed you those images of Fred and the runs he was making is Mikel Arteta insistent that Thomas Partey doesn't do that? I don't know. But I'm going to ask the question, because if it isn't a manager instruction, then we need to see more from Partey in terms of getting involved and having that ability to get up alongside the play, but also drop into deeper holes when we need to as well and understand the state of the game. So, yeah, it's um, it's a worry. It's a concern. Um You know, do I think he's a better player with Granit Xhaka alongside him? I really genuinely do. And I think there's this reluctance among the fan base to say that we miss Granit Xhaka because overall, you know, Liverpool and United aside, we've been on a pretty decent run of form. But we absolutely do miss him. If not for, you know, certain elements of his game, simply because he's a little bit more, um, you know, he's a little bit more practical and he's a little bit more pragmatic. And and not in terms of, uh, of some of the things he does when he's on the ball, but his positioning is a lot more safe. It's pragmatic. It's cautious. And he covers certain areas that Thomas Partey will feel allow him to then go on and join the play. And I don't think he feels that with Lekonga alongside him, who he's kind of... Look, Lekonga's done great. He's a young player. All of us expected him to kind of you know, have some development issues along the way and then eventually go on to become a good player. I don't think he'd have played anywhere near as much if Xhaka had been available, but he's done okay, but he still, to a degree, needs his hand held. You know, Ainsley Maitland-Niles, 
I think he's okay as a centre midfielder, but I'm not totally convinced that he is um he's the finished article. So it feels like Thomas Partey is, is is having everything kind of conspire against him. We are, you know, you go back to the Liverpool game and um we were trying to progress the ball out of the back line against a very, very good and aggressive press. And we were often trying to find Partey, but Liverpool were very clear that that needed to ha- that they needed to block out that pass, that they needed to block out the route to Thomas Partey. And we're almost forcing us to play into Lokonga and then taking advantage of the fact that he does like to take an extra touch, that he is a little bit more inexperienced. And that caused us a lot of problems. I agree with um, Sam that you don't become a bad player overnight. And, and I just want to make it clear, I'm not saying that I think Thomas Partey's a bad player, but there's clearly something or, or a number of issues that are preventing him playing anywhere near his maximum at the moment. And it's been over quite a, a su- substantial period of time now. And that's why I'm starting to get worried about it. I'm not saying he's a bad player, but maybe the environment around him is not right, i.e. the partner's. Um, you know, the way we're trying to play, I don't know. But I do feel like it is a cause for concern at the moment. And when you come away from Old Trafford saying that Elneny was better than Thomas Partey, and he absolutely was, I won't accept anybody saying otherwise, he absolutely was better. And that is an indictment of how far Thomas Partey's level has dropped at this moment in time. And it's something that Arsenal need to address. Do we need to give him a couple of weeks out? work on his fitness? Do we need to um, do we need to change who he's playing with? Do we need to slightly tweak the formation? Do we need to unshackle him in, in some ways? These are all valid questions. And I don't really know what the answer is, but in my opinion, I think it's a combination of all of those things. And that's why I mentioned them. I think he is, um, he is not up to speed. He is not at the fitness level required to dominate games in the Premier League. I don't know why that is, you know, uh, you know, I don't watch him train every day. Um, is it a lifestyle thing? Who knows? Is it that his body is just not doing him any favours at the moment? Don't know. Um, I, I do think the chopping and changing of the partner alongside him is a, an issue and that is not ideal either. And and so what I'm trying to say to you guys is I think it's a combination of things, but Arsenal need to try and put as many of those as they possibly can right. Because if they don't, I feel like we're really going to struggle in that area. I'm I'm glad that Granit Xhaka's on his way back. It's a shame that we're going to lose Partey to the African Cup of Nations because I think a sustained run in the team with those two in the midfield pivot, I think is is something that we can be excited about. I think it's something that's worked quite well overall up until now when we've had the opportunity to play them together. We, a lot of us kind of enjoyed watching Arsenal play with the two strikers, with Lacazette just in behind Aubameyang. I think when you've got the stability of Partey and Xhaka in midfield, you could probably do that, even against the bigger sides. I think when you do it with Partey and Lokonga, it's not quite the same. Not because Lokonga's bad, again, but because of the positional discipline that Granit Xhaka brings to the side, it probably allows you to do that. It's, um, yeah, it's, you know, or, you know, maybe it's a bit of we over blew and overhyped what Thomas Partey's actual level was when we signed him because partly we were, well, well, partly because we were crying out for a, a midfielder of his ilk for so many years. We thought it was going to solve all of our problems. We thought he was going to be the answer. And don't get me wrong, Thomas Partey in good form is as good as 
pretty much most out there. But the great players are on form much more frequently and much more regularly than Thomas Partey is. And so there is definitely a cause for concern. Going to keep a close eye on him in the next couple of weeks. And again, I'm sure we'll we'll touch on it during the podcast. But something's not quite right with Thomas Partey. And you feel, given the, the lack of depth, I believe, we have in the centre of midfield, if we're going to cope with without Granit Xhaka for a little bit longer and then we're going to lose Partey, we really need Partey to step up now um, and, and help us through what's going to be a really difficult Christmas period. Right, uh, let's uh, just quickly remind you guys that this podcast is brought to you by our friends over at ProPrep. Remember, if you support ProPrep, you're supporting the Chronicles of Aguna and the people over at ProPrep have put together an exclusive offer uh, for our listeners. It's the ProPrep is the perfect study tool for university students undertaking science, technology, engineering or maths related modules, and it can half your study time. ProPrep provides bite-sized videos relevant to the module or course, which can be accessed from any device at any time. It's already helped over 500,000 students to pass their exams. They provide customized STEM study tools that match your syllabus. Long lectures are condensed into short and clear video tutorials. And after the videos, you can go through what you've learned with interactive exercises and practice questions. You can even submit questions to the pro prep professors and you'll receive a video answer within 24 hours. Pro prep, as I say, have created a special offer just for our listeners. All you need to do is click on the link in the description. You'll find more information there and details on how to sign up. As a Chronicles of Aguna listener, you are eligible to a 30-day free trial where you don't have to put in any credit card details. I know a lot of people try and get you on that and then they auto-renew. Well, ProPrep ain't doing none of that. So head over, check it out. Um, Click on the link in the description. That's P-R-O-P-R-E-P, ProPrep. And we thank them, as always, for their very, very kind sponsorship. Right. It is time to reveal the winners of our giveaway competition. As I said to you guys, uh, I think it was a couple of weeks ago now, we'll be giving away a couple of Arsenal shirts of your choice from this season uh, to some lucky, lucky winners. Um, There were instructions on how you needed to enter. The deadline closed uh, last night at midnight, and we are now ready to reveal the winners. As I said at the top of the show, I'm not just going to be giving away two shirts now. I'm going to be giving away three because I was truly overwhelmed by how many of you entered. We had over 700 entrants, uh, which is mad. So you can imagine I've been copying and pasting a lot into that magical spreadsheet of mine. And I hate spreadsheets. I left banking because I hated spreadsheets. And here I am sitting here with spreadsheets. My son has randomly picked the winners. He can't read. He's two. He doesn't know what he's doing. All he did was say stop when he felt like it. So uh, if uh, anyone's got a gripe, I'll give you his email address and you can have it out with him. Uh, but right, let's uh, let's get into it. Let's announce um, the winners. Right. So as I say, going to give away three shirts and I've decided um, uh, to do that because, as I say, there was lots and lots of interest and lots of um, love uh, in the emails on Twitter, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, the first winner is the drum roll. Someone do it. Fosu Ada 356. That is a Twitter name. Uh, Fosu Ada 356. So, um, yeah. I'm going to get in touch with you. I've got your details to get in touch with you. So congratulations, Fosu, on your uh, victory. You will be uh, contacted by myself. You're going to give me the details on which shirt of the three current ones you'd like to have. And then I will get that sent out to you. 
um, hopefully in time for Christmas. Now, uh, the second winner is a Mr. Simon Fjord. I think I've said that right. Fjord, Fjord, have I said that right? Please let me know, mate. I'm sorry if I butchered your name. You can forgive me. You're getting a free Arsenal shirt. Uh, so uh, congratulations to Simon as well. And our third winner, and I decided to add a third winner, as I said, um, right at the last minute, is, drum roll, really bad drum roll, Creambone66. You have got yourself a free Arsenal shirt, mate. So I'll be getting it in touch with you. You can let me know which one it is you'd like and your details. And I will get that sent out to you as soon as possible. So just to uh, confirm, Fosu Ada356 is the winner of the first Arsenal shirt. Simon Fjord has won the second. And Creambone66 has won the third Arsenal shirt. So uh, congratulations to you all. Thank you to everyone who took part. And look, I, look, if I was a millionaire, I'd give Arsenal shirts to every single one of you. But I'm not, unfortunately. So um, yeah, just the three for now. But thank you all so much for A, participating in the competition and B, for being a part of this Chronicles of Aguna community, because it really does mean the world to me. Um, and um, yeah, it, it's, it's fantastic, man. So um, thank you for all your support. Thank you for all the time that you spend listening to me chat about Arsenal, uh, for your, uh, you know, the way you're active in the comments and the way that you've turned this into, um, uh, you know, a, a really kind of enjoyable thing for me to do. And, um, I'm, I'm so proud of it. So thank you uh, all so much, uh, for your support and, uh, we'll do another giveaway soon. I promise. You know what? We'll do one at the end of the season as well. Um, we'll, we'll do a little bit more of that now. Um, so, cool. All right, we're going to leave it there because uh, West Ham United and Chelsea are about to get underway. The teams are coming out onto the field now. I know a lot of you want to watch it. I want to watch it. I uh, hope you enjoyed the uh, Thomas Partey chat. I uh, hope you enjoyed the giveaway as well. I know there's a lot of complaints coming through in the comments. Um, but look, not everybody can win. There was over 700 of you. It's not easy uh, to pick the people. We've got Jid. I need to speak to the manager uh matt says can i have your son's email please i need to have words yep you can um uh omar says unacceptable that i didn't win harry out um <laughs> yeah look to be clear the boy can't read okay he's two years old he doesn't have a clue what he's doing he just presses buttons and messes things up and uh clearly in the eyes of a lot of you he's messed this drawer up but uh, as i say thank you all for participating we'll be back very very soon with more we'll be back tomorrow looking ahead to arsenal's trip to goodison park on monday and then of course on monday we'll be bringing you reaction to that fixture i'll uh, leave you all to it enjoy the rest of your saturday and i'll catch you all soon goodbye You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.